You're listening to podcast audio from Radiant Church, located in Bay City, Michigan. For more information on Radiant Church, you can check us out on www.radiantbc.com or follow us on social media at Radiant Bay City. Welcome. If you're new with us, my name is Marco and I am the lead pastor of Radiant Church. Thank you so much for making Radiant a part of your weekend. This is the first Sunday of the new year, so guess what that means for all of you? You have perfect attendance this year so far, so yes. <laughs> Woo, keep it up though, all right? <laughs> Listen, uh, so good to be with all of you. Today we are beginning our Seek series. This is three weeks or 21 days truly of praying and fasting and seeking after the heart of God. And we do this every January so that we can spend some time recalibrating our hearts so we can breathe. We can take some time to reprioritize our schedules to reflect, listen, devotion to God. This is really our way of putting God first in the new year. God belongs at the first part of your week. He belongs at the first part of your day, he belongs at the first part of your year. And so this is, our, uh, this is our effort to really put God where he belongs, which is first place. And so there are four ways that you can engage with our Seek series this year, and we would love for you to do at least one or all of them, really. And the first way that you can engage with Seek is this, is by choosing a fast. Choose a fast. And what does it mean to fast? It's a very easy answer. Simply abstain from food for a given period of time for a spiritual purpose. Now, I want to be clear. We don't fast. We don't abstain from food so we can twist God's arm, so we can try to get his attention and make him do what we want him to do. That's not the purpose of fasting. Rather, what fasting does is it, is it really it puts us in a place where our hearts, our spirits are more sensitive to his leading. And so therefore, listen, we can hear from God more clearly. Uh, Carrie and I, through the life of this church, we have had conversations with different couples walking through difficult decisions, trying to figure out maybe the next step for their family or where they're going to live or what they're going to do about a son or a daughter. These are heavy and big decisions. And so we always ask them, have you fasted and prayed? And most of the time they say, what are you talking about? Have you spent some time deliberately abstaining from food to hear from God? And so they, no, we haven't, but we will. And so usually these couples will abstain from a certain meal during their day, maybe lunch or breakfast, and then they will pray instead in that time. And it's remarkable that for three to five days or however long they would choose a fast, they always come back to us maybe a week later or two weeks later, and they will say, the Lord has spoken. We feel, we feel God leading us in this direction Thank you so much for really just challenging us to fast and seek the Lord. It's one thing that I do whenever I'm feeling like I have to make a big decision about something. I will fast for a certain period of time. Again, not to twist God's arm, but rather to give all of my focus and attention to him. The second way that you can engage with seek this year is by removing a comfort. 
removing a comfort. We are a distracted, distracted culture today. So I want you to remove a comfort. I don't know what that comfort is for you. It may be Oreo cookies. It may be Netflix. It may be YouTube. But you have to get uncomfortable. It's only in our discomfort that we're pushed to pursue God. When we're totally comfortable, when we're, life is at ease, everything is perfect and normal and happy, we are very rarely prone to pursue after God. But when we remove comfort, listen, that's when we begin to chase after the heart of God. So remove a comfort this next 21 days and see what the Lord might do. I want you to attend seek worship and prayer nights. You can attend one of them. I think you should just attend all of them. I mean, why not, right? I mean, they're, we're happening. They're happening. So be here. This Wednesday is our first one. We have three in a row, the 10th, 17th, the 24th. They each begin at 6.30 p.m., and we would love to see you here. It's a time of corporate devotion, corporate prayer, corporate uh, uh, seeking after the heart of God. And then number four, last but not least, is to what? Read your Bible, right? Read your Bible. We want you to engage with God through the Word of God. And so the new year is always a great time for you to choose a new Bible reading plan. Um, this year is my second year going through the Bible recap. Any Bible recappers in here? A few, yeah, a few of you. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, my second year in a row going through the entire Bible with the Bible recap. Highly recommend doing that. If that's just too overwhelming for you, no big deal. Why don't you choose something like the New Testament in 21 days? Listen, find a plan. If you are brand new to the Bible and you're like, I don't know where to begin, just go to uh, the Gospel of John in the New Testament and 21 chapters, 21 days, right? You can knock it out and see what God will do in and through you during those 21 days, we want you to engage the heart of God through his word. Now, church, um, I discovered this, this study that was done by two doctors, by two professors in 2009. And what they discovered uh, were, was pretty profound. The results of what it looked like if you read the Bible at least four times a week, okay? At least four times a week. Here are the results. Let me show you. Number one. Feeling lonely drops 30%. Anybody battling loneliness right now? You don't have to raise your hand. People are like, I don't want to, <laughs> right? But if you're battling loneliness, listen, it's the word of God. Engage the heart of God in his word. Number two, anger issues drop by 32%. Are you angry? Are you prone to anger? I know I can be that way. It's been a temptation for me. It's been an issue that my wife has talked to me about in the past is my anger. But listen, it drops 32%. Number three, bitterness in relationships drops 40%. Amazing. Are you scuffling with your spouse? Are you uh, bitter towards one another? Both of you need to engage God's word. You may not be able to do it together necessarily, and that's okay. All right? We don't always have the time to do that, and it's a good thing to do that, but I, I also know that, you know, I live in the reality as well. We can't always do that. But engage in God's word and watch bitterness drop from your heart. Number four, alcoholism drops 57%. Are you plagued with alcoholism? Are you maybe prone to addiction? Do you have an addictive personality, right? Many of us do, whether it's chocolate, whether it's alcohol, whether it's drugs. I mean, it doesn't matter the substance. We have an addictive personality. Alcoholism drops 57%. Number five, sex outside of marriage drops 68%. Remarkable. Number six, feeling spiritually stagnant, drops 60%.
Number seven, viewing pornography drops 61%. If that's been an issue for you where you feel like uh, you're prone to view these images or these movies. Number eight, sharing your faith jumps 200%. That's incredible. And then number nine, look at this. Discipling others jumps 230%, which by the way, all of us should be trying to disciple other people. Why don't we do that in our culture today? Why, how come, why isn't that Christians aren't discipling other Christians? Simply, I'll tell you the number one reason is because we're not reading our Bibles. And so when you are on, are on empty, you have nothing to give, right? So the idea is if you engage in God's word, now you have something to give and there's an overflow. And let me just tell you something about this that I learned a long time ago that ministry always comes out of overflow, Ministry always happens from overflow. Listen, if your cup is barely full, you're, you're, I mean, you're, you're on fumes. How can you give to others? And so therefore, listen, church, your cup needs to be all the way full with God's word. So what? So you have the power to love someone. So you have the power to, to forgive. Because guess what? In your natural man or womanhood, you don't want to do those things. I don't want to always be kind. I don't want to forgive. I don't always want to be gracious with people. Listen, I need the Holy Spirit. I need to be engaged in God's word. Then I can can begin to what? To give out of my overflow. My only Bible reading time cannot come in my sermon preparation time. If that's it, then I'm going to completely be dry and empty, running on fumes, and I'm unable to what? To minister to all of you. And really what's more important than that is ministering to him. Minister to him. That's my first priority is to minister to God by being with him in the private. So listen, Amazing results come from reading the Bible. I want to encourage you this year to grab a hold of that and get a Bible reading plan and see what the Lord will just do in your life. All right, you guys, if you have a Bible, go ahead and join me. We're going to go to the Old Testament, and I want us to go to Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah chapter 55. We're going to read the whole chapter. There are 13 verses there, so it's not too long. And my message this morning is entitled, Three Invitations from God. If you're taking notes, Three Invitations from God, Isaiah chapter 55. Some had called, have called Isaiah the gospel of Isaiah because the thread line of the gospel runs through it quite uh, predominantly. It's incredible. I'm going to begin reading in verse number one. We'll have the verses behind me as well. Follow along on your smartphones if you have one. Verse number one, come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good, and you would delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples, a ruler and commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations you do not know will come running to you. Because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them. 
and to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so it is with my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And then he says this, a prophetic promise. You will go out in joy, and you will be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper, and instead of the briars, the myrtle will grow. And one last verse here. This will be for the Lord's renown for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. This is the word of God. Amen. Let's pray together, church, before we dive into the rest of our message. Father, we just pray um, this morning that just as your word said, that your word will accomplish everything that it's purpose to accomplish. God, we know that it will not come back void. It will not return empty. And so, Father, as the word goes from my mouth, I pray that it would uh, really just bear witness to our souls and to our minds. God, that we would begin to actually apply it, not just be listeners, but be doers of your word. And thereby, God, our lives would be transformed and we would see an increase in our lives. We would see uh, righteousness and we would bear much fruit. And this would be to the joy of you, we are, we, uh, your disciples, God. So Holy Spirit, come and open our blind eyes and come and soften some of our hardened hearts this morning. Uh, come and, and really just uh, unlock deaf ears, we pray. Lord, we ask that you would uh, bring your peace and your presence in a manifest way as we learn more about you and your word this morning. And so we give you all the praise and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Some people, when they think of Christianity, when they think of the faith, you know what they think of? They think of rules, right? They think of a set of doctrines that they must abide by or follow. And so some people think, when they think about Christianity, they think, if I could just follow the rules, I'll get to heaven one day because my good deeds will outweigh my bad deeds and that'll get me in. Some people, when they think about faith, when they think about Christianity particular, in particular, uh, they may think of a stuffy, irrelevant church service. You know, like a church service where you're just bored to tears and you're praying and hoping like, that the service will end, that the pastor will close his message and you're looking at your watch and you're, you're, you're even praying that things would come to a close because you're so bored and it just seems irrelevant. Now listen, many of you have that experience in your past. And I know this because you, you, you told me before that you grew up in a church experience that seemed irrelevant. It didn't make any sense. You were bored to tears. You, you couldn't wait till you could go to Bob Evans or Applebee's, right? In fact, listen, the most, one of the biggest and best compliments I've ever received about Radiant Church is this. You know what, Pastor Marco? It just feels like people want to be here. 
And I'm like, you know what? It's crazy, but they do. It's true. And they're like, what? People want to be in church in 2024? Like they wake up with a desire to go? That's crazy. That is crazy talk, right? But it actually happens here in our church. And I'm so grateful of the Spirit's drawing of you this morning. Most people, though, we don't think of Christianity as an invitation from God. But this is what Isaiah 55, I believe, truly presents to all of us this morning. It's an invitation, an invitation, right? And I love this because it's not just, it's not just an invitation to moralism, to like behaving better, because none of us are able to do that anyways apart from the Spirit of God. It's not just an invitation to a set of doctrines that we have to intellectually assent to, which doctrine is very, very important, by the way. In no way do I want to minimize or de-emphasize that. But really, the faith or Christianity is an invitation from God himself. It's a personal invitation for us to draw near to God. This is so much better than just rule following or uh, moralism or uh, intellectually assenting to a set of doctrines. In Isaiah 55, God offers us a personal relationship. And, you know, think about, a, think about an invitation for a moment. When you get invited to a party or to a, a birthday party or a wedding or whatever it might be, man, it feels good to be invited, doesn't it? When you get invited to something, it feels like you are in on something. It feels like you're included. It feels like you get to be a part of something, right? You're not on the outside. Have you ever, though, not been invited to a party that all of your other friends had been invited to, and then it's awkward around them because you're not the one invited, but they are, and they're like, oh, you didn't even get invited to that party? Oh, sorry. And then you feel, what do you feel? How do you feel? You feel left out. You feel like you're not included. You feel a bit abandoned, and then you get a bit insecure. Well, what did I do? And how come they didn't invite me? And I thought we were, I thought we were on good terms, and I didn't get it. How did they get an invitation? I don't know. Why, we didn't get, why didn't we get an invitation? What's going on, right? And so we start to look inside, and there's introspection, and we're getting insecure, and we feel like we're, we're left out of things. But I want to just clarify for you this morning that this is not our God. Our God, listen, presents an invitation to all of you, to you watching online in the digital uh, hemisphere, to all of us here in the room. Listen, the invitation stands true for every single one of us, no matter if you have a religious background or you grew up maybe an atheist or agnostic. Maybe, maybe you have not always followed God. Maybe you are following God. Listen, the invitation stands. Maybe you're an alcoholic here this morning. Maybe you're addicted to marijuana here this morning or you're watching online. Maybe you're on the brink of divorce. And guess what? Listen, no matter who you are, the invitation stands from God. The invitation stands from God. This is what God invites us to. And this morning, I just want to paint for you as we begin our seek series. I want to just offer you these three invitations from Isaiah chapter 55 that God offers to every single one of us, where, whether you're religious or irreligious, whether you're a skeptic and a cynic or you're a fully devoted follower of Jesus. These invitations are for every single one of us. Number one, if you're taking notes, God invites us to have our deepest longings fulfilled in him. God invites us, listen, to have our deepest longings 
fulfilled in him. I want to read to you one more time the first three verses of Isaiah 55. Come all you who are thirsty. Come to the waters and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. So Israel, they're the first first recipients of this, but ultimately, listen, we are the audience today. If you've ever been a college student, you know what it's like to be hungry and broke. I remember as a graduate student, I was also hungry and broke many times. In fact, when my wife and I, we were paying for my way to go through graduate school, through attain a seminary degree, it felt like the Lord had called me to higher education for a season. We couldn't even afford to live on our own, so we had to live with my brother-in-law, and we lived in his upstairs apartment. It was just a room. It wasn't an apartment, but whatever. We like to call it that. And we paid him rent, and my wife worked at Cornerstone University. I had a job as a custodian at a large church, and we just, we just got by, and the Lord always provided uh, we continued to give, of course, but it was a season where we, we didn't have a whole lot. We didn't have a whole lot. And so my other ministry friends, when they came into town, whether it was Pastor Lee from Kalamazoo or someone else, would text me and say, hey, you want to grab lunch? I always said yes, because he was buying, of course. And so we'd go out to Chipotle or Qdoba, and it was like eating the richest of fare. I'm like, queso. Oh, thank you, Jesus, queso and chips. And, and, and he would just treat me to Mediterranean food. And I had other pastors who would take us out to dinner. And in that season of our lives, listen, the best gift, the best gift that we could get was a, was a gift card out to a restaurant. We would go out to eat maybe every other month, and we'd save our money. Sometimes we would split things. Listen, I think every couple should go through that so they know what it's like to have, to have lack. They know what it's like to hustle. They know what it's like to, to work hard from the ground up. I just think that every young couple needs to go through a season like that, just a season anyways. And listen, the best thing that I could receive in that, in that season was was the gift of food at times, the gift of free food, because you know what's better than food? Free food, right? <laughs> free food. And so here's the thing, is that we would go out to eat at times, and I didn't have to pay. I benefited at no cost. Such a blessing. Let me say that one more time to you, because there's a spiritual principle I want you to understand this morning. I benefited at no cost to me. I, partake, I, I partook in something that I didn't have to pay for. It was a blessing to me and my, and my wife, but I didn't have to. It was no cost to us. And the invitation today is the same, right? It's a blessing. It's, it's a benefit, but you don't have to pay the price because there's one who already did. His name is Jesus, right? He paid the price, and you can come, and you can come what? You can come and eat. You can come and drink if you're thirsty. You can come and have the, the richest affair. To what? To no cost to you, because there's one who hung on the cross in your place. And so the invitation, listen, is, stands true for all of us today, that we can come. And there's this invitation, those who are, come those who are thirsty, 
And three different times Isaiah in the text uses that verb come because it's an invitation meant to draw the people of God near to God's heart. Come, come near, come near to me, come listen to me. Come those who are thirsty. And when he says thirsty, I don't think he necessarily means physical thirst, although I think the principle can apply there. What I believe he's trying to say is those who have a spiritual thirst, those who are longing for something greater in their life, those who are looking for contentment, those who are looking for purpose, those who don't just want a job but want a calling, those who don't want to just go through life in the mundane but want to serve God. And if you feel that way today, the invitation stands. Come, draw near to him so that he might draw near to you. This idea of spiritual thirst, I want to say it like this. Your spiritual thirst is not a problem but an opportunity. Your spiritual thirst is not a problem but it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. It only becomes a problem, listen, when we begin to fill our lives with other things but God in an attempt to fill our heart's deepest longings, aches, and desires. And we, and we all do this, whether you're a Christian or, not, or a non-believer. This is why Christians need the gospel just as much as non-believers need the gospel. Lonely? Sometimes in our loneliness, what do we do? We jump into a, a relationship. We don't have to be in that relationship it's a relationship we have no business being in, honestly. But we're lonely. I want to be loved. I want to be affirmed. I'm gonna be, I want affection. That's an honest desire. But we'll steer our hearts towards the wrong thing. Are you discontent with life? A lot of us go through discontentment. What do so many people do? They swept the credit card, right? And they buy something. And what does that something do? It's a dopamine hit. Bzz, bzz right? Feels good for about five minutes. And then you want something else. And then you go into debt. And then what happens? And then you have to pay all these bills. And then you don't tithe to the church because you can't contribute. And it leads to a whole slew of other problems in your life. Because why? Because out of the discontentment of your heart, you try to fill it by buying stuff. And it's empty. It never works, right? What about this? Are you wrestling with your identity? Many people in our culture are wrestling with, who am I? What, what gender am I? What sexuality am I? I mean, it's, it's insanity today. The confusion that we see in young people and old people today, there's so much confusion. And so what we do normally is we form our identities based on how we feel about ourselves, our feelings. And sometimes we have these feelings, but they don't align with our biological makeup. And then we're really confused. And so we don't know what to do. So, so many young people, what they do is they begin to form an identity on how they feel. But then in order to keep up with that identity, it's completely exhausting. It's unable to be accomplished. And so listen, church, young people today, you cannot form for yourself your own identity. Rather, you must receive your identity. You must receive your identity from heaven. He must speak a word into you. Young men today, men today, you must, be, you must receive your identity as men of God. Or else you will do what? You will ignore your family. You will pursue alcohol. You will not be active in raising your kids. You will run from it unless you receive an identity from the Lord. 
I don't, I don't feel it anymore. I know we're a culture consumed with feelings. What about this one? Are you unhappy in life? Well, guess what? Join the club, right? Join the club. So what do we do? We self-medicate, don't you? I mean, you do. Smoking, liquor, sugar, overeating, over-the-counter prescription drugs, whatever you can do to escape I'm just going to self-medicate. I don't want to deal with it. I don't, I don't want to. And so we just run away from it, and we self-medicate liquor, alcohol, marijuana, CBD, whatever it is. I mean, we consume it all in an effort to what? To just medicate so we can run away from the issues. And we're all prone to do this. I'm talking to Christians here this morning. I'm not talking. Don't think this is not for you. This is for every one of us in here. Because we all do this. And your thing might not be alcohol. It might not be liquor, so don't be pharisaical. Your thing might be consuming way too many calories in one given day. You can't can't put down the donuts. Why is that? Because it's a dopamine hit, and you want to feel good. But on the inside, your soul is starving. I'm going to preach truth this morning. Get ready, church. these 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 are the things that we're all dealing with. Loneliness. Discontentment trying to figure out who we are, our purpose, right? Trying to, trying to figure out what, what we're here for. Listen, the question is not, will I go through this? The question rather, however, is who do I turn to? Who am I turning to? Because you can be like, I love Jesus. Oh, yeah, Pastor Marco. And just sipping on that vodka, sipping on, you know, whatever it is, that alcoholic drink all day long. Tell me how much you love Jesus while you drink yourself to death. Come on, the gospel needs to penetrate our hearts, though, church, in order for it to what? To take effect, to change us. And you can say you believe, and you all love that song, those songs we sing. Ooh, they just gave me my hands in the air, like jazz hands. And Pastor Michael, he's so funny. <laughs> he's such a comedian. I love that guy. No, 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 listen, listen, listen. What, what, what's, what's, where's your heart? What's your relationships like? I mean, is the gospel taking fruit somewhere in your life, right? And, and the invitation stands. God is saying, come to me. And listen, so, so what we need more than money, what, what we need more than a new romantic fling is we need the mercy of God. We, we need the grace of God in our lives, church. We need it more desperately than we ever thought we ever needed it. We need mercy. We need grace. We need his forgiveness more so than all the crap you can get on Amazon. More so than the next video game. More so than the next dopamine hit from a donut. Do you need the mercy of God in Jesus Christ? And the invitation stands to come and receive it. Come and receive it. He says, listen to me and eat what is good and you would delight in the richest affair, right? And, and did you notice in the text, what was it? It was, it was wine, it was milk, it was bread in the ancient Near East. These were considered delicacies. And so if you, if you could partake in bread, wine, milk, it was almost that you, like you had a certain amount of wealth, only some people could purchase them and buy them. Here in the text, it says you don't have to have any money, though. And you can come and sit at the table and eat the best of foods to receive what? The mercy of God. So seek, our seek series is not just, listen, it's not just 21 days to pray. It's an invitation from God to find our deepest longings and our aches of our heart fulfilled in him. 
Number two, God invites us to pursue him. God invites us to pursue him. Number, um, or rather, let's look at verse six and seven again. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God, for he will freely pardon. Isn't that amazing? God, if you're an alcoholic, if you're addicted to over-the-counter prescription drugs, if you're, uh, maybe you're battling porn right now, maybe you're, um, you're, you live a sexually promiscuous life right now because you're single or whatever it is, or you just got a divorce, or, listen, you can come to receive forgiveness today, the foot of the cross, by beginning to what? To turn your heart's affections towards him, to what? To pursue him. Here's what we learn when it comes to our theology of God. We learn this, that God not only wants to be known, but he wants to be pursued. God not only wants to be known, but he wants to be pursued. And pursuing is a lifelong journey. Pursuing is a lifelong journey, just like in a marriage relationship. Gentlemen, men, let me speak to you for a moment. I'm learning that I have to pursue my wife. I thought it was done at the altar. It's not. Turns out they still want to be pursued. Sometimes I want to emotionally withdraw and be passive. That's the sin of Adam, by the way. But the Lord is calling us as men to what? To pursue with intention. Because any good relationship, there's always a pursuit of emotional connection, not just physical, not just sexual, but there's a pursuit of emotional connection. And God wants to be pursued. And I want to be clear, this is not the idea that God is lost or that God is playing hide-and-seek with you, peek-a-boo, right? No, it's not, we're, not, we're not saying that. We're saying that there's a commitment that's made. There's a commitment that's made to him in steering our heart's affections towards him in a pursuit. No matter how old you are, no matter if you've been a Christian for 30 years or 40 years, the command remains the same. Seek the Lord and call on him. Seek the Lord and call on him. Look at, I, I want to, give you a quote from A.W. Tozer. I pulled this book out. I want it to be inspired by another writer. A.W. Tozer wrote The Pursuit of God. He says this, I want deliberately to encourage this mighty longing after God. The lack of it has brought us to our present low estate. The stiff and wooden quality about our religious lives is a result of our lack of holy desire. And then notice what he says, complacency is a deadly foe of all spiritual growth. Acute desire must be present or there will be no manifestation of Christ to his people. He waits to be wanted. Too bad that with many of us, he waits so long, so very long in vain. And so listen, the invitation stands, but many of us are not doing anything with that invitation. Maybe some of us are just leaving it to the wayside. I'm not going to pursue God. I don't. Tozer reminds us this morning, listen, that complacency, listen, is a deadly foe of all spiritual growth. Listen, and that there needs to be acute desire present. And if acute desire is not present, listen, we should at least pause and ask ourselves the question, why do I not have any desire for God or his word, okay? Why is that? Why don't I? And listen, I don't want you to beat yourself up because some people do this. I'm like, just stop with the condemnation already. Stop with the guilt trips. Oh, I'm so bad. Oh, I'm just not a good enough Christian. Let's just stop, okay? That's the work of the devil. 
There's no condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. And so here's what you can do. You can take an active step in your faith, and you can what? You can just begin to pray, God, would you reignite a passion in my heart for you? God, I don't have a desire to be with you. Just be honest, because he already knows. God, my heart's affections aren't really stirred to pray, to read the scripture. So could you do something about that? Now, don't be surprised when God asks you to move, though, and to, to take a step of faith. The people of God must be above just following their feelings. You hear me? I said, I don't, I just don't feel like it. I just don't feel like reading the Bible. Well, I didn't feel like waking up this morning, all right? I didn't feel like preparing this sermon this week, okay? So y'all figure it out on Sunday then, and I not show up. How about that one for you? <laughs> we got to be a people, listen, that are just above always being led to the qualms of our feelings. Well, I didn't feel like going to the gym. I didn't feel like eating healthy. Well, listen, you want to have any change in your life? You want to have any remote part of success in your life? You can't just be one who's led by your feelings all the time because you're going to eat yourself, drink yourself to the grave. And so this morning, listen, we're led by something better, church. Come on. It's the Spirit of God himself, by his Holy Spirit. But you got to give yourself to that. And at times, many times, can I just be real with you? I'm going to be real vulnerable with you. Don't judge me. But there are many times, can I, can I just confess, I've come to Scripture time, to prayer time, not excited about it at all. Like opening up the Word of God, like, and then I got my journal out, and I'm like, Lord, I'm a real big sinner. Okay, well. And then something happens around 10 minutes in. Blink. Holy Spirit moment. It's like I read something. There's conviction. Mm, that's me. And then, or the Lord gives me a divine idea. For, for, for you business owners, you entrepreneurs, the Lord gives you ideas that he wants you to launch out. Right? He'll give wisdom to you in these, in these moments. And then you, you grasp onto that. And you're like, oh, oh, it's about to get good. Why? Where does that come from? It comes from being with God. And so we have to be a culture of Christians who are not just, well, I didn't feel like it, Pastor. Oh, I didn't. Oh. I don't care what you feel like doing. Get up and do it, right? Well, I just don't. I feel like I'm just dry and empty in my spiritual life. But oh, well, what do you, when's the last time you read your Bible? Oh, like a month ago. Oh, well, there it is right there. Okay, well, why, why aren't you reading your Bible? I just don't feel it. Oh, here we go again. Feelings, feelings, feelings. Nothing but feelings. I just felt like doing this instead. Well, hey, there's a lot of things I feel like doing at times too, and I got to tell the Lord, you better hold me back because I know that's not the right path I'm supposed to take. But boy, do I want that. Boy, do I want to go this direction. But I know it's not godly. And so listen, we've got to be a culture, a Christian culture rather, moved, not moved by our feelings only, but by the Spirit of God. I once heard a pastor say, you never stumble into spiritual intimacy. Let me say it like this, church. You never accidentally get closer to Jesus. Can I just say it that way? You never accidentally get closer to Jesus. In fact, can I just be, let's be honest about this. <laughs> Left to our own devices, we're prone to just move further from Jesus. Come on, let's just admit that. Don't pretend like you're some super spiritual blah, blah, blah. You're not. Prone to your own devices, you are just, you're going you're gonna to move further from him, Okay. Um, my son and I, he's six years old. We got, we kind of went on a rabbit trail, a figurative rabbit trail a few days ago, and we were watching on YouTube a couple of videos on these rescue dogs. 
And these are these scent hounds or basset hounds. And they have this incredible ability to trail, to track scent over long distances. And this makes them very, very effective when it comes to search and rescue missions, um, criminal investigations, and even hunting. And what they do is, because they have these long floppy ears and they have all that wrinkled you know, skin, what that does is it directs the scent molecules towards their nose. And they're able to carry that scent for a long period of time. And so whether they're trying to find you know, a little boy who's lost in, in the forest or they're trying to track down a criminal on the run, I mean, they are incredibly uh, just accurate and effective in what they do. It's just amazing. And these dogs are amazing because as I watched the video, I noticed they just kind of keep sniffing. They, they keep searching. They keep pursuing. And they don't stop until they find, find what they're looking for. Like they just keep going. And they are relentless in their pursuit. And they're incredible. And they're effective. And listen, church, I, I use this example because I think, it's, I think it can be a picture of the seeker. Who's the seeker? That's all of us. It's a picture of the seeker, relentless in our pursuit of God, right? Driven by his compassions for us, uh, uh, just driven to know him, to be in his presence beyond, it's got to go beyond feelings, okay? We got we to mature. Eventually, we do have to mature and grow up, and we, we can't just keep drinking mama's milk. We got to grow up, and we got to go beyond feelings and keep pursuing him even when our heart feels like we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. And this is my prayer for myself. It's my prayer for, for our staff that we would not just succumb to mediocrity, that we would not just be complacent in our relationships, that we would not just be complacent in uh, the way that we do ministry, right? And, and guess what? Sometimes I have to push. I have to push myself. I have to ask the Holy Spirit to push me. Holy Spirit, I need to be led. So God invites us to pursue him. Number three, church, God invites us to joy. God invites us to joy. I want us to look at the last two verses, Isaiah 55, 12, and 13. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you. All the trees of the field will clap their hands. This is a really a figurative language here. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the juniper, and instead of the briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign that will endure forever. Let me just give you some quick context of the book of Isaiah. And in the first 39 chapters, here's what's happening. Isaiah is rebuking the religious leaders because of the rebellion from God. And Isaiah is prophesying that the Israel, specifically Jerusalem, will come crashing down through who? The empires of, of the Babylonians and the Assyrians. And guess what? It happens. Why? Because it's a, it's a divine act of God's judgment. That's why it happens. But then later on in chapters 40 through 55, what Isaiah does is he gives us a prophetic picture of new creation. What does that mean? It's essentially a picture of heaven here on earth. It's what we read about in Revelation 21 just a few weeks ago, if you remember that sermon. And so this is a promise of new creation. This is a promise of that you will go out and joy, right? Israel first here in the context, but ultimately to all of us, you will go out in peace and the mountains will, will sing for joy and the trees will clap their hands. Why would nature itself celebrate? Because if you are familiar with Romans chapter 8, you're familiar with Paul. And Paul says that eventually what's going to happen is that, is that creation will be liberated from its decay. What a beautiful word picture there. Liberated from sin. And so, listen, literally, 
the, the, the trees and the mountains are going to be, they're going to celebrate and they're going to they're sing and they're going to clap their hands, liberated from the, the, the decay and, 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 and all the results of sin being infecting our world today. And so I, I want to just remind you that God invites us to joy, but it's even better than that. God invites us to eternal joy. It's eternal. This, this, is, this is like the long, the long game here, right? Not just in this life, but there's an invitation to enjoy him forever, forever. It's joy right now, but it is into eternity. Let me just show you a couple of verses and we'll wrap it up. Proverbs 29, 6, evildoers are snared by their own sin, but the righteous shout for joy and are glad, right? So listen, evildoers are going to come to their own end eventually. They're going to dig their own pit. They're going to dig their own grave and they're going to fall in it. But the righteous, we shout for joy Psalm 100, verse 2. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with what? Joyful songs. Pastor Jacob, Sarah, Kendall this morning did such an incredible job of leading us in what? In joyful songs. Because worshiping the Lord should never be boring. It should never be mundane. There should be joy that fills your heart. Joyful songs should erupt from the mouths of God's people. Because this is not just, again, we're not just assenting to dogma intellectually. We're not just practicing morality. Instead, the God of the universe, the God who created heaven, heavens and the earth, listen, is inviting us to what? To find our deepest longings fulfilled in him. This, this series, he's inviting us to pursue him. So the relationship with God was never meant to be static. It was meant to be there was momentum and motion. And when he moves, we move. When he directs, we follow. This is what God is asking us to do, to, to pursue him. And then God is what? Is he, he's inviting us to joy, to, to joy not only right now, but joy into the future. And as I wrap things up, I want to just offer you the invitation one more time. No matter where you're at today, whether you're a drug addict, whether you're addicted to pornography, whether you are an alcoholic, whether you've been in involved in one too many romantic flings that you know are not healthy, whether you're on the verge of divorce, whether you're an atheist or agnostic or you're a cynic, the invitation stands for you today, today. But here's, here's the deal about an invitation is that you have to accept that invitation. And so I'm just going to invite you, like I always do, I want you to accept that invitation, right? Not just for religion, not just for a church service that's cute, not just for a nice little devotional, but a life with God life with God, where he begins to meet you right where you're at today, and then not leave you where you're at, but change you from the inside out. This is God's desire. God loves you like you are, but he loves you enough not to leave you like you are. And so he wants to transform you and change you. He wants to give you purpose and life and fulfill your deepest desires. He wants to be known by you. He wants to be known. He wants you to pursue him. He wants to know you and love you intimately like no one else can. Church, the invitation stands, and our prayer team is going to come up in a few moments. And maybe for some of you, you'll come up and you'll say yes to that invitation. You'll, you'll take a step of faith. I want you to come up. Because why? Because faith is always expressed in action, not in your intellect. That's what so many Christians think. No, faith is always expressed in action. Action, feet moving, hands lifted, right? Change in my diet, whatever it is, right? Faith is always expressed in action. So I want to give you that opportunity today. Let's pray. Father, we love you. 
what an incredible day we've had. Um, Lord Jesus, we just draw near to you, and we want to just say yes to your invitation, God. God, come and fulfill our deepest longings, God. Come and fulfill the aches of our hearts, Lord. You know what they are, Lord. Lord, we want to pursue you, so stir our hearts' affections. Some of us haven't pursued you in years. We've gone to lots of church services, but we just never pursued you. So God, would you teach us what it's like to pursue you in this season? And God, come and give us joy. Lord, joy. Some of us are lonely. Some of us are discontent. Some of us are facing depression. Father, supernatural joy in this house. Supernatural joy for those watching online right now. We pray all of this. We thank you that it's going to happen in Jesus' name, Lord. We receive this invitation, Lord, to come to eat of the richest affair, to come to dine with you. So, Father, do a work in our hearts today so that when we leave these doors, we are changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's clap our hands for him this morning, church. Come on. He is good.